having some Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude? I don't think I know what that word I means. I don't think so either. Okay. <laughs> Take a guess. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> it means you feel happiness at someone else's oh, failure. Oh, I never do. That would be really awful. Oh, yeah. Totally. I I want everyone to prosper and be happy, except all of the characters in Dune. Mm, good segue. Thank you very much. Welcome to... Dunecast. <laughs> the serious book club podcast our last episode oh my god it's Dune. it's not our last episode ever of a podcast together as as best friends <laughs> but it is the last episode of reading dune and what a shame or a joy i will let you it is listener decide which one for sure just like this rosé it has hints of grapefruit Do- zing <laughs> literally zing <laughs> Is this your stand-up routine? <laughs> no, I'm just being funny. Jeez. This is my podcast persona. <laughs> I thought I was doing really well. I didn't laugh at all. Yeah. No, no, no. That's hmm. why I thought it was your stand-up bit, maybe. I was going to say, maybe it's not our last episode if we watch the movie, Dune. Oh, yeah. We should watch the movie, probably. I hear there's a lot of weird outfits, at least. Yeah. I and mean, we Googled one, and it was so weird. It was so weird. It was like a lot of, like... Leather. Okay, so this is our last Dune cast of the book, but maybe we'll watch the movie. I think we will. Let's commit to that. Okay. Hi. Hi. Let's tell a story. Okay, you said you had something to say. There's a glossary in this book. I told you that. (laughs) I'm really upset that there's a glossary in this book, guys. I told you that like four episodes ago. Chris told me this 500 times. I didn't bother to page flip somewhere in my Kindle app to find it. And now I found it. And suddenly everything makes more sense because I read it. And I just like inferred the meaning of all of these things for literally 800 pages. I thought that we could open this episode with like a couple of selects. What do you think about that? A couple of what? Selects from this glossary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Selected items, if you will. Selects is an industry term. (laughs) All right. So, Baka. What do you think that means, Chris? Baka? B-A-K-K-A. Just take a guess. Uh, yeah, like a, a uh, head covering. Incorrect. In Fremen legend, the weeper who mourns for all mankind. Let's do another one. This is an easy one. Arrakis. That's the desert planet that all our favorites But did you know on. that planet is known as Dune? Uh, I did. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> 800 pages, everyone. Oh, God. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. All right, let's do another one. Dew gatherers. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, that's the Fremen built thingies to catch the morning dew because water is so scarce on Arrakis. Half right. They are actually the workers who reap dew from the plants of Arrakis using oh. a scythe-like dew reaper. Oh, ooh, here's a good one. Death tripod. 
oh my god that i quoted this in one of the episodes <laughs> i have no idea what it all is all right let's let's take a Stilgar gander shall calls we himself a leg of a death tripod who does stillgar stillgar that dramatic piece of work and i made fun of him and i would love to know what it all actually right, is let me tell you originally comma the tripod upon which the desert executioners hang their victims by usage colon the three members of the cherim sworn to the same revenge so it's like it's where you hang somebody yeah it's it's where you hang someone but huh. in a very specific use case okay what is ilm internet language mostly incorrect it is theology semicolon science of religious tradition one of the half legendary origins of the zen sunny wanderers faith that seems like obvious information doesn't it yeah no oh here's a good one what is la 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 jesus a, <laughs> a song a popular song incorrect a fremen cry of grief la translates as ultimate denial a quote no from which you cannot appeal what the f frank herbert so i think we've pretty much established that frank herbert can eat it because that what a jerk to be fair Chris told you about this glossary. <laughs> Chris, I have a serious question for you. Yeah? What are your feelings about this entire book in summary <coughs> right now? Oh, wow. Okay. Should, <laughs> do you want to save that for the end? <laughs> yes. But I think that's a great question. Let's definitely circle back to that. Great. But first, let's discuss what happened in the last 40 pages <laughs> of Dune. <laughs> Would you like to begin? Should I'll do the final summary. <gasps> yes, do yeah. it. Yeah. So we come back to our fave, Paul. Mm, okay. He is poised for <laughs> battle against the Harkonnens and the Emperor Shaddam IV. What? Yeah. <laughs> Is that made up? No. They're going to do this super risky move in the middle of a storm. I remember that. They do it. They I thought break he summoned their the shield. Storm. No. I think they just got lucky and planned around it. Okay. I don't think they have that power. Mm. And they keep saying it's going to be a grandmother of a storm. And then they say it's going to be a great grandmother of a storm. Then a great great grandmother of a storm. Weird. I think that means it's going to be very, very big. Sure. That happens. They fire a, like an atomic weapon at the shield to disable their shields so that mm -hmm. they'll be stuck on the ground. And then the storm will like mess up their equipment. Basically, that happens. They're successful. Boom. We jump over to inside the emperor's quarters a little bit before this attack has happened. He's talking to the baron. They have Princess Alia captive. Yeah, they're weirded out by her. And to be fair, she's being pretty they weird. They hate her. She, they call her a midget. And like, hey, that seems personal. And they say, he, the Baron calls her an it. He goes, is it a midget? <laughs> then she kills him, though. She kills the Baron. How did she kill him? With a gom jabar. Oh, sure. Nope, don't know what that is. Yeah, I thought they were only in those boxes that we met at the beginning of the story. But she had one in her hand. And then she it's said, like this a glowing is my orb. Gom Jabbar. I thought there was only one in the world. I was really confused by that. Yeah, obviously. whatever. She slashed him. Baron, mm -hmm. dead. Boom. Boom. Also dead? Who? Paul's son. I know. That was really sad. And then he had to put off grief for later. Like, his dad. 
Yeah, but then he like said some really shitty stuff, so I didn't what did feel he say? so bad. What did Paul say? He this says time? to Johnny, "She's come in. She's obviously been crying. Yeah, she's like super grief stricken. She's really like sad. our son, our son is gone." And Paul says, "No one can replace him, but we'll have more." Jesus Christ, oh Paul! That is not the first thing you say to your wife. I mean. <laughs> I don't think Paul's a dream husband. Do you? No. So he also tried to marry a second girl. I thought he did. Well, she said, yeah, I mean, it didn't happen, but she was super game. She was like, yeah. yeah but I thought it was like Shawnee would remain the ultimate concubine, just like Jessica. But yes. Yeah. It exactly. was like he had to do it for political reasons. I'm getting ahead of myself. This all happens. Boom. Wasn't Explosions. Mysterious Princess Irulan. Yeah. I was going to say, we meet her. We got to meet she's Princess. She's tall and blonde. She's tall and blonde. What a jerk. Just kidding. She's I'm jealous. She's super gorgeous. And yeah. she's going to be Paul's second wifey. Except with none of the benefits. Except, yeah. Oh, Are Jessica has a great line. That was like, damn, Jessica. <laughs> I heard she likes reading, so I hope that <laughs> sticks because she's not getting any. I'm surprised that Jessica is finally into her uh, daughter-in-law, Shawnee. I don't know. Jessica was also being so weird. So in this weird, section. right? I'll come back to that. Let me just wrap up real quick. All right, do a wrap. Paul, they win. Paul's being extra, you know, dookie and yeah, shitty yeah. and just like, I have died by motion because I'm the duke and I have to totally. Leave these He's men being very like, I said it. And I said it. It is so. It is so. I don't have to listen to you, jerks. So he calls the emperor. He's like. Hey, I won't hurt you if this is cool. This is a truce. Fade Routha, good old Fade Routha's there. <coughs> old Fade Routha. They end up fighting. Paul kills his ass. Then he tells the emperor, "Hey, you're gonna let me marry your daughter, and I'm gonna inherit your throne." Peace. Boom. And then the book ends. There was one quote at the beginning, right before the battle started. Really? When it was like all tense and everyone was waiting for the first thing to happen. And it's just a single line. Paul <laughs> glanced across the shallow bowl, studying his men in the filtered light admitted by the camouflage cover. He felt time creeping like an insect, working its way across an exposed rock. Oh, no. What did you like about that? I just like the imagery of like something about... Okay, first a bug crawling across a rock, but then an exposed rock, and like that as a measurement of time. And I just remember being a small child, and like you'll stare at a tiny thing moving, and it's just like your world is so oh yeah different. Totally. Like it, I am so big to you, and I liked that as like a way to express <laughs> time of like how long does for this little bug crawling across that's the rock true. is it a week for him mm -hmm. and it's a minute for me yeah that's very interesting since i was just listening to our last episode today mm -hmm. and it feels like it. you're hanging out with me all day hanging but you weren't all day last episode was when we had a lot of complaints about what the hell still suits look like oh like, i can't figure out what they are they, they like have a, a hood suit. what is going yeah. on yeah I wanted to add this line to our confusion mm -hmm. of what the heck do these things look like. Sure. A slow, wolfish grin spread across Gurney's face. Gross. The teeth showing white. Good above for him. the chip cup of his still suit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to clean your microphone later because I just spit on it. What the f- what, what? Yeah. Yeah. Can we get a what the fuck? What the fuck? 
could see his teeth above the chip cup. That really clarifies. Chip cup. So are we like a horse's, like, you know, the feeding bag? Mm-hmm. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Or but did he chips? mean chin cup? <laughs> <laughs> uh, What's a chip cup? <laughs> What's a chip cup? Tweet at us. <laughs> Toby, do you know what it is? Yeah, because right in, Toby. <laughs> Tell Chris at work tomorrow. We don't know. Yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, like, I'm picturing, like, literally the feeding bag that a horse has, but smaller, like a hard plastic yeah. for chips. And he's, <laughs> this is like a special modification on Gurney's still suit. Because <laughs> he's real he loves chips. chips. They don't have water, but they have Pringles. What have I highlighted that I don't remember the context for? Yeah, Let's see. Oh, yeah, just some, like, weird stuff from Alia when she, like, came in to see the Baron. She was just, like, having all sorts of sass when everyone was like, what is it? She was out of control. She was out of control. I understand why people were like, Princess Alia in the book Dune is crazy, unlike real-life Alia, who is adorable. Super chill. Super chill. So here's a passage from that. The child seated on the dais. What's a dais? I don't know. It's like a raised bit where the king sits. How do you know that? Is it a real thing? Yeah. Oh, shit. That's not a Frank Herbertism. That's oh, a real shit. thing. I need to get better at words. That's like a fantasy thing. Oh, okay. I feel fine Like, now. approach the dais and, you know, speak. And then, so she's sitting on the dais, stopped kicking her feet, and said, quote, Make him afraid some more, Shadam. I shouldn't enjoy this, but I find the pleasure impossible to suppress. Quiet child, the emperor said. I think I just highlighted that because I was just like, Alia, you know, that's not like really the best way to go into a situation. No. Like, just like just stop trying to light a fire. Like, maybe go in and be like, listen, here's what's happening. My brother is on the other side of this. I understand. But like. Let's come to some sort of reasonable conclusion, people. She has the brain of an 85-year-old woman. Yeah. You'd think there would be some wisdom in there. But she's so biting. She's really... I guess maybe that's the price to pay of being in a four-year-old's body is you're also, like, super cheeky. But also you have a lisp. Yeah, she still they has still a lisp. still mentioned the he lisp. also <laughs> called... Yeah, he was like, she still has a lisp, though. <laughs> so the original, um, original woman... Who was like the Grand Empress with uh, all the wisdom? The Reverend Mother. Name? The Reverend Mother. Yeah, she's like a long she came name. back. I yeah. kind of thought she was dead, to be honest. Me too. Um, Reverend Mother Gaius Helen Mo- Mohayim. Sure, sounds Jewish. I keep wanting to say Moynihan or Mohayim. Mohayim. Oh, that Hebrew. probably Mohayim looks like her name. Reverend Mother was in the room. And so she's like freaking out that Alia has can like be in her mind. And then the emperor whispers, quote, TP. And before I read the next sentence, which was like, not telepathy, she's in my mind. I was like, um, what does TP stand for? Toilet paper. I mean, yes, that's what I think of it as. But like, I didn't immediately understand that TP was telepathy. What is wrong with me? Telepathy. Telepathy. But like, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> yes, no. no tweeted us. Pretty funny, though, if he was asking for toilet paper. Hey, can you just pass the TB? Did you bring any toilet paper? <laughs> but I think what I'm saying also is that, like, my understanding of, like, scene jumping in this book is so fuzzy that, like, if they're suddenly like, this is a communal bathroom, I would have been like, oh, okay. Oh. Sure. 
Not the weirdest thing that's yeah, happened in this totally. movie. <laughs> and then he leaned over the hole. Wait, I had a thing about the Great. the emperor's throne. I just thought it sounded ac- pretty kick-ass, actually. Oh, cool. Also, I do like the idea that the emperor basically came to this battle. They keep talking about how he brought everyone, his entire uh, retainer, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got his concubines, he's got his daughters, mm-hmm. He's he brought all this extra shit because he's so confident that they're going to win. Sure. So, I like that they're on the road, and like, he still has his throne. He brought everything with him. Pages brought the throne. It was a massive chair carved from a single piece of haggle quartz. Blue, wow. green translucency shot through with streaks of yellow fire. Sounds beautiful. Right? They placed it on the dais and the emperor mounted, seated himself. I just thought this sounded so cool. It sounded very beautiful. Don't usually get thrones made of single pieces of stone. Totally. And I imagine it being like really raw, like yeah. just like spiky at the top. Totally. But like carved into it. Mm-hmm. Like a geode. Why does Alia call the Baron grandfather? Because that's her grandfather. What? <laughs> The Baron is Jessica's father. What? Oh, shit. Yeah, I don't remember how she finds out. She just, like, knows it all of a sudden when they're in the desert. And it's part of the Bene Gesserit breathing scheme, which we learn about a little bit more in these final few pages. I guess they're basically doing a eugenics program, and that led to Mm. Jessica being the Baron's daughter, but she wasn't supposed to know. Gotcha. So then when Alia says that, the Reverend Mother freaks out a little bit. She's like, oh, fuck, how does the child know? Because <laughs> she's in your mind. Here's another thing in that um, scene where Paul and the Fremen are attacking, I think. And it says, something sparkled to his left. A roll of ball lightning bounced away from the wall there, cracked as it touched the metal floor. The smell of burned insulation swept through the Selim lick. Basically... Everyone is freaking out because all of these, like, crashes are happening. But, like, a, a roll of ball lightning, I could not picture what that was. Like, what is it? Where did it come from? Is that because of the storm? Is it because of the attack? Yeah, good question. I I don't really know what it's coming from. It, it might be, like, the dismantling of the shield. Mm-hmm. So, like, I imagine it coming apart at a single point. So then, like, it kind of, like, electrically recedes. Ooh. Like what? there's a, a giant oh, there's dome, a dome. Right. surrounding this ship and then it, it got pierced. So instead of just like mm-hmm. like going out all at once, it kind of like ripple like the <laughs> the the elect the charge of whatever hit it kind of sure. um radiates out from there. I have a question for you. Yeah. Was I supposed to know that there was a dome around the ship? Uh, I just imagined it as a dome. You're supposed to know it has a force field. Oh, but I maybe I'm wrong. You know, with Frank Herbert, it might you have know. a chip cup on it. So <laughs> listen, Chris, I think you're right. So basically, there are like two men that are within the emperor's like presence, and basically, like a contact lens falls out of the eye of oh, the taller yeah. one, and he's actually a fremen because he has blue he's eyes. He's not a fremen. He's but not a fremen. Yeah. Who is he? He works for the guild. Hmm. This I understood, and I had a moment where I was like, "Fuck!" That and I was, was like, subtle. "Did that just happen?" Yeah. Or like so contact lenses exist, exist in they this world? Wear contact lenses to hide that their eyes are blue, but he's not fremen. He's from the guild, and the guild is 
the people who provide space travel. Ooh. But they've become entirely dependent on spice. They are supposed to be a neutral party, but they've gotten involved in this war because Paul is threatening to destroy all spice if they people mm-hmm. don't do what he says. So now they're freaking out because if they lose their spice, then they're they're done. So, so I get, but I guess the guild doesn't want to reveal their secret or have people know that they eat spice. So I thought that was really interesting that they wear contacts to hide mm-hmm. their blue eyes. Totally, but they must be contacts that are oval and cover your entire eye because spice makes your eyes blue on blue. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe it's the iris. Anyways, I don't know. Like, do they still have whites in their eyes? I assume that it was blue on blue. Meaning? No white. N- me too. Maybe it's just like, you know, like the new metal videos from like the early 2000s where no. it was like, Chris doesn't know because she's a young. But <laughs> it was like a trend in new metal videos to like wear a black contact lens that like took up a lot, like basically like 90% of like the white space of your eye. Okay. So maybe it's like that. Later on, Paul is he's back in his quarters and he gets like an update about like what's up with the emperor who is still in his ship the ship has been attacked and it's also been in the storm so it's a little bit of a wreckage but he's still in there then paul like basically says like bring me a captive sadokar we must send a message for emperor it's time to discuss terms (laughs) to be honest like i was a little unclear about like how this book resolved like i know paul won but like how did they get there i don't know the emperor I think everyone, the Baron, the Emperor, Mm -hmm. they were thinking that no one was going to attack while this big storm came through Mm -hmm. because visibility is bad. You can't really be outside. So it was kind of just going to be this stalemate while the storm raged. Mm -hmm. But Paul knew that they were going to do that. So he planned to attack them with what sounded like an illegal nuclear weapon. But then he argued that, like, well, I didn't use it against people, so it's not illegal. He sure. just used it to take down the shield. Anyways, they fire this really powerful black market weapon at the shield. Shield goes down. Storm comes through. The ship is now defenseless against the storm. It doesn't have its shield up. Mm-hmm. So all the, like, sand is fucking up the the parts and... The Fremen are shooting at the ship while the shield is down. So basically, between the Fremen and the storm, it gets really badly damaged. It it wrecks all of his the Emperor's expensive equipment, and it's basically chaos. And the Fremen are on home ground. They know what they're doing. They have, like, a charge of worms going. Ew. So basically, they get their asses kicked, and the Emperor is now stranded on the planet. He can't leave. So that's what happened basically gotcha after this battle i didn't like how paul was comporting himself and i didn't like how jessica was comporting herself everyone was just so rigid and cold my mother's sick with longing for a planet she may never see paul said where water falls from the sky and plants grow so thickly you cannot walk between them water from the sky stilgar whispered In that instant, Paul saw how Stilgar had become transformed from the Fremen Nabe to a creature of the Lisan Al-Gabe, a receptacle for awe and obedience. It was a lessening of the man, and Paul felt the ghost wind of the jihad in it. I have seen a friend become a warshipper, he thought. Ah. 
Which, I get where he's coming from, but it's like, man, just talk to the guy. Like, and maybe if you didn't seem so ice cold and cruel, mm-hmm. he wouldn't treat you like a demigod because he's terrified of you. But I kind of feel like Paul likes the attention. Oh, know? Paul loves it. He has those moments with various characters. Or like yeah. Stilgar specifically, where he's like, we used to be buds. And now and you just worship at my yeah. feet. And now I'm like your superior and it's yeah. a bummer. And it's like, dude, you know, like maybe just stop being such Don't a Don't treat him as an inferior. How yeah. about that? Hey, how about that? How about treating people with respect? Yeah. Weirdly, I was like, well, at least Jessica's coming in here. I like her more often than not. Mm-hmm. And Jessica, Jessica stopped in front of Paul, looked down at him. She saw his fatigue and how he hid it but found no compassion for him. It was as though she had been rendered incapable of any emotion for her son. What? I know. <laughs> I feel Why? like it, I, the thing is, I read that too and was like struck by it and I think like progressively in this book she's like I love my son. Oh wait, he has my powers. I hate my son. Yeah. Oh wait, he is a duke now. I hate my son. And He's like just like his father. I love my son. Yeah. Oh, he's stronger than I'll ever be. I hate my son. Oh, he married that elf girl. Or he has a main lady who's an elf girl. I hate my son. Yeah. But I love her. Now I like her. Yeah. But, like, I, this just seemed like a progression of that. Where it was just like, Jessica, dude. Like, time to let it go, my friend. This family. Yeah. Her very son dramatic. just lost his son. She lost her grandchild. Yeah. And... She just goes, I have no compassion for him. What brought that on? Maybe it's like a legitimacy thing because she talks about being a concubine a lot in this yeah, last she passage. Does. So maybe it's just like like a jealousy thing because she never had an official rank. Or is she is she upset with how he handled this victory? It just came out of nowhere. I hate him. Yeah, I hate him. It I was feel like the reverse of Paul at the beginning of this book. Ah, absolutely. what a lovely bookend where he was just like, I hate my mom. And we were exactly. like, dude, yeah. you need to chill. Yeah, what has she done? And then now she's like, I hate my son. It's like, okay. I feel nothing for him. I also wanted to read Paul's terrible line where he uh, completely fails to console Chani. He is dead, beloved, Chani said. Our son is dead. Holding himself under stiff control, Paul got to his feet. He reached out, touched Chani's cheek, feeling the dampness of her tears. Sad. He cannot be replaced, Paul said. Good start. Good start. And then he takes it. He turns left and says, but there will be other sons. Will there be, Paul? It is Yasuo who promises this, which is his nickname or whatever. Gently, he moved her aside. Gross. Gestured to Stilgar. Oh, that's a... One way to put it. Extremely insensitive, but Exactly. And then he pushed her out of the way so he could be... It's like, get out of here, little lady. Yeah, okay, enough crying about her son. All right, go, go, go. Move to the side. We'll have more. What's the big deal? I'm sorry. I had another Jessica Paul weirdo moment. I feel like I'm reading a lot, but I was like, what is going on with these two? The emperor has been called upon by Paul. He's there to treat with him. Mm Mm-hmm. And it says, The emperor and his truth-sayer were carrying on a heated, low-voiced argument. Paul spoke to his mother. She reminds him that it's part of their agreement to place a Bene Gesserit on the throne, and Irulan is the one they've groomed for it. Was that their plan, Jessica said? 
Isn't it obvious? Paul asked. I see the signs, Jessica snapped. My question was meant to remind you that you should not try to teach me those matters in which I instructed you. Paul glanced at her, caught a cold smile on her lips. <laughs> so I think that, like, this is the same thing. Like, I think because, like, Paul is like he obviously forgot his origin story of being yeah. a young buck. I am king, of course. I I am destined for this and I am smart and wonderful and it's tough and a warrior. And mom, I didn't get anything from you and she's like, "Listen, son, if I were to analyze Jessica, I think she would feel differently if she was like a queen, you know?" Yeah, but she's not. Like she, she has like no bitter. official place in the kingdom except for being like this Bene Gesserit woman and like everyone knows she's been trained and she has value that way. But like in terms of the actual hierarchy structure, she is, she doesn't have a place there anymore. That would be my psychology into the world of Dune. If I thought that this book had any, which maybe it does. I don't know. Tell us Toby. <laughs> <laughs> Tweeted Alia specifically. So I think this is like when Paul was about to win the battle. He is like, in italics this isn't even in quotes this is the climax paul thought <laughs> from here the future will open the clouds will part onto a kind of glory and if i die here they'll say i sacrifice myself and that my spirit might lead them and if i live they'll say nothing can oppose Maud deep which is himself which is just like oh paul <laughs> like just more of the same huh yeah. Like, yeah. no character progression from the last third of this book. It's just kind of like, I am ruler. Watch me rule. Occasionally, I have tender feelings for my elf princess, Chani. But otherwise, no. Is Frank Herbert, like, using this to be like, hey, hey, this is the climax of the book. You should pay yeah. attention. It's kind of like, it really? Definitely felt that way. Jesus. Like, this is the climax. Oh, well. Like, <laughs> I guess we know now. Yeah. I'll just mark it off on the hero's journey of Dune. I think you would get married, like, if you were in, like, a feudal court. Ooh, about, like, what uh, would you do? Wait, go on. What's the question? So, basically, like, if you were Princess Irulan and uh -huh. you um, were promised to, like, this dude, Paul, who we hate. Yeah. He's, like, the douche of the kingdom. Yeah. And you're just, like... Oh, God, I have to be in the same room as this man. What a day. I'm just going to mentally prepare myself, do some deep breathing, which apparently is my theme of this episode. Yeah. And just, like, go to another place and concentrate on my third eye. Anyway, so would you marry him? Would you start a coup of the kingdom <laughs> is the second option <laughs> with your Bene Gesserit powers? Uh -huh. Would you, I don't know, what would you do, Chris? I mean, if it's literally Paul... I want to I want to pick option 2. I mean, but like what's option? Th there could be an option 3. I don't know. Option 3 is kill yourself maybe. Wow. The Paul I've come to know sucks. I don't I hate he him. He really sucks. But he probably wouldn't be cruel. To, like it's prob I seeing as I know that he's going to be on the winning side. I would want to align myself with him. I'm totally. answering this question very seriously. It's very serious. So like, and if he's literally not going to touch me, then, you know, I guess that's not too bad. Totally. I have my books, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you really like reading. I like reading. Maybe I can get along with Just Chani. Just not this book. The, the girl, I Irulan, who we've been Irulan. very excited to meet. Mm-hmm. 
she seems way into it. She's like, no, 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 dad, let me marry, dad, shut up. I'm going <laughs> to marry him. <laughs> Maybe she's into him. Stop. Maybe she's like, you think it's only going to be books, but uh, you are incorrect. She's way into him. She wrote all this shit oh about yeah, that's him. that's true. Every, every book she ever wrote is like, Muad'Dib. Oh, yeah. Songs of Muad'Dib. Oh, gross. In my father's house. That's not about Muad'Dib. Home girl, you need a hobby. Uh, Manual of Muad'Dib. Ew. The Child's History of Muad'Dib. Blech. Maybe Paul makes her write all this stuff. Uh, I hope not. That would be so weird. But who knows? So Paul will have to read the private reflections Ugh. on Muad. Yeah, it's from her diary. Yeah, gross. Uh, too bad we'll never read another one. Well, if I had the framing of that being like a fangirl's diary, I would have been much more interested. To be well, honest, who knows? Like, is she a fangirl? Is she being held captive by Paul? Of like, hey, you're literate. Write down my life story write a bunch of pamphlets oh about that's me true and make me seem really cool maybe she gets his like confidence and maybe that that creates drama between chani and paul because she does i hope not chani's the one good thing paul has done or he has in this and book it's just like quite honestly seriously and poor Lido too i know and no one even warned him except chani Totally. Jessica didn't care at all. She's like, I don't even care about I my just son. I hate my son. Paul's like, what's the big deal? We could have more. <laughs> We're only 15. We got time. <laughs> Aren't they like 16 by yeah, this yeah, point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, si- they're 16. Uh, gross. <laughs> so he kills Fade Rautha. They mm-hmm. have a little knife fight. Yep. He gives him the old stabby McGee right in the neck. He does. But the whole time he's like, let me use my Bene Gesserit training. And I'll fuck <sighs> him up. Totally. He doesn't use the word Jessica told him, though, which will, like, make his arms go limp. And it's a really great word. Go for it. Or a schnorr. Or a schnorr. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm drinking now. Do you want to read the last line? Okay, so Jessica is speaking, and she says, Do you know so little of my son, Tashani? See that princess standing there, so haughty and confident? They say she has pretensions of a literary nature. I guess you're right then that Paul probably did make her write his life story if she's so literary. Let us hope she finds solace in such things. She'll have little else. Ha ha ha. A bitter laugh escaped, Jessica. Think on it, Shani. That princess will have the name, yet she'll live as less than a concubine, never to know a moment of tenderness from the man to whom she's bound. While we, Shani, we who carry the name of concubine, history will call us wives. Is that true? No. No, not at all. What is she talking about? I don't know. She's just, Jessica, pull it together. That is such a weird ending for the book. I turned the page and I was like, huh? Oh, yeah. I totally turned the page and was like, huh? And then read the appendix and I was like, it's all about the like orange Bible. Yeah, I didn't read any of the appendices. Oh, I did. So basically, it's like Kainas in like the New World, and basically they like wrote a, a Bible. It, it's interesting because it like gives a nice summary to like what this world was, which which we could have used at the start. We Frank Herbert, not as the start. not as bonus extra credit reading. Totally, but I think like it's one of those things like <gasps> the ending of this book, uh, just like really made me be like, oh, this is the moment in Star Wars, which I like a lot better for the record. Um, where it's like to be continued. The ending was a lot neater than I expected for what we were gonna get. It's true, considering true. where we were. Are you sure. reading my shirt? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't realize that Chris was wearing a bull riding shirt. <laughs> and then it says it says PBR on it, and I was like, is she wearing a Pabst Blue Ribbon shirt? How but history. it's professional bull riders. Also, yeah, you're such a hipster, Chris. Yeah, it's pretty hipster, but I went to see a bull riding thing at yeah, Madison Square amazing. Garden, so really I figured I should you. buy a shirt to okay. show that I went. Sorry that I was reading your t-shirt. That's okay. I just noticed you staring. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's so weird. <laughs> but we'll never know what else happens. <laughs> Maybe we should read summaries. Yeah, we totally should. We should read a wiki. That's it, right, Alia? Oh my gosh, that's it. We're going to watch the movie. Yeah. What are your feelings? Sum up. Go. Oh, so, Dune. Dune. Man. What a journey. I liked it at points in the middle. Uh-huh. The action sequences I was into. I have to commend Frank Herbert for his creativity and basically starting an entire genre. That's true. End of the day, not for me. The characters drove me bananas. Bananies. They were all <laughs> robots. They were. And when they weren't robots, they were being really mean for no reason. That's very true. And I couldn't figure out people's motives. Well, and there was people like uh, the Mentat, Thufir Hawat, sure. at the end, who he's been built up as a character. He was captured by the Harkonnens. Then mm-hmm. at the end, he sees Paul... He's like, oh, I'm so glad I got to see you. I'm old, and I've bit the Harkonnens have been poisoning me, and he dies. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what was the point of that character? So, but ultimately, but did he nothing added as color. far as I'm concerned. But yeah, in you, terms for of like you, he added point. color. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nothing in this book added color for me. Let's be real, like nothing. The color I would use to describe this book is like the color gray. that you get. Gray blob. <laughs> Thank you for that callback. That was wonderful. I miss talking about gray blobs. What I know, a wonderful moment. Really in this disappointed podcast. we had no more gray blobs. No more gray nothing for Blob Watch. Yeah. I appreciate its mark on history. Definitely not my favorite book, Toby. Not definitely <laughs> not my favorite book, Toby. You're getting so many shout outs this episode. Are you happy or annoyed or tweet, happy? Tweeted Alia. So is that a good summation of my, my thoughts on the Yeah, book? that w- that was great. Okay, I'd like to hear Wait. yours. I think I hate this book less than I did maybe Great. all of the times I've expressed hatred of this book. Yeah. Like, I don't hate it. A part of me feels fondness because I feel like I've developed some fond memories around drinking rosé with Chris Horowitz. Oh, thank you. And talking smack about sci-fi. I appreciate, like, the interesting thing is, like, the interweaving of so many recognizable cultures. I think that is super interesting. True. And was, again, very creative. Frank Herbert, in terms of, like, plot structure, I found it, like, very wooden. Like, A goes to B, but then, like, meanders to D. And then, like, you don't know where C is, and it appears seven pages later. (laughs) And then you're like, oh, oh, those are connected. Mm. Okay, that's a leap of faith, but I'm going to give it to you because I have no other choice. And so I think, like, that's how I found this book. And (laughs) the fact that I, like, didn't consult the glossary and only realized it existed now, even though Chris told me multiple times, probably could have used that this whole time. Probably things would have made a lot more sense. So I guess in summation, I would say, like, I would give it a solid A for creativity. Mm-hmm. Like, lots happening here. Again, pioneer of the genre, sure. But, like, in terms of digestibility, I would give it a C-. minus. It's not the type of book I would suggest for someone like like me who would be like, you know, sci-fi is not really my genre. 
but I'm interested in branching out. I would not suggest this book because it's like if you're not a fan of the genre, like there's little else to hold on to. Okay, this is a factoid I'm going to make up, which could be true. Mm. I feel like it probably did for sci-fi what Tolkien did for fantasy. Is it pronounced Tolkien? Tolkien. I say Tolkien. I say Tolkien. Oh, mate, I think it is Tolkien. J.R. Tolkien, yeah, not Tolkien. Yeah, he was like British, dude. Yeah, he was British. Mm-hmm. I did a report on him in fifth grade. I think so I also did a book report on The Hobbit no at some point way. in my You'd think school career. I would know how to say his name. Tolkien, sorry. Oh, that's J- fine. J.R.R. Tolkien. What do you think J.R.R. stands for? James Reynolds Ramsey Tolkien. Sure. Uh, Seems I, right. I don't know. But George R. R. Martin mm-hmm. took the R.R. F- as a nod to Tolkien. Did. He doesn't have a double R in his name. That's so nice. Isn't that so cool? nice to have heroes. Yeah, I love that. I think maybe Frank Herbert was for science fiction what Tolkien was for fantasy, as in he created this whole world around his story with a history and languages and religions that you can't fully grasp just by reading it you need all this accompanying literature to get Mm -hmm. the full picture right uh i think tolkien was maybe better at creating a snapshot of that world i remember those characters as like being much more empathetic like they had emotions and like they were well illustrated whereas like this book is just like wooden wooden character but here are all these outside characteristics that you remember about them yeah so yep I think that's the part that I found the hardest about this book, TBH. Like, it's just, like, emotionally, there was, like, nothing to connect to. <laughs> but turn that frown upside down. Why? Because we did it. We did it. I'm um, so proud of us. We will be watching the movie and discussing that. We will. The film directed by David Lynch. And I think David Bowie's in it, too. David Bowie's for sure in it. <coughs> Kyle MacLachlan. Kyle MacLachlan's in it. Sting is in it. Sting's in it. Oh. A couple more famous people where you just go, what? What? Crazy. Patrick Stewart might be in it. Oh, my God. No way. Yeah, I, I love is. Patrick Stewart. Me too. He's great. I follow him on Instagram. Follow Patrick Stewart on Instagram. Yep. Yep. And follow us on Twitter. Yeah, do it. At VSRSBC. And you can send us an email. At... <laughs> V-S-R-S-B-C at gmail.com. Correct. Great. Oh, if maybe send in suggestions for what book you want us to read next. Yeah, totally. Tweet at us. Email us. Those are the things that we have. Well, Chris, this was a journey and a pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't have asked for a better podcast, bro. Aw, thanks, homie. Hey, no problem. I couldn't have done it without the giggles. We're out. Love ya. Or good day. Good day. Good night. We love you. Goodbye. We love you. Goodbye. Talk to you soon. Side story. Yeah. There's an upside down IKEA cup on my floor. Uh oh. I think that there might be a dead moth in there. You th- think? 
So, backstory. Last mm-hmm, night, mm-hmm. I saw some fluttering. Wasn't sure if it was a piece of paper or a moth. Oh, boy. <laughs> There's this thing on the floor. It could be a piece of paper. It could be a moth. I don't really know. And never going to find out. Never going to find out. These are the perks of living independently, <laughs> everyone. In my home, if there's ever an upturned cup like that, it means a cockroach is under there. Oh! And I have one roommate who shall not be named. No. Who doesn't ever pick them up. She catches cockroaches and leaves them. And I'm like, Ew. cool, I guess I Do get they to die? Pick up. This cockroach, well, if you leave them there for like a week, they die. Because otherwise, they don't. Ooh. It's terrible. But I'm also really good at getting rid of them alive because I'm pro. Oh, that's a great skill. I cower in fear from cockroaches. Depends how big they are. Little guys, no problem. I was over at, whatever, I'll just tell the story. I was over at Toby's, and his roommate uh, saw a cockroach on the paper towels. And he was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, there's a huge cockroach on the paper towels. Uh And everyone looked and were like, that's tiny. That's not It's a baby cockroach. cockroach. And I smushed it right then and there. Whoa, Chris. Yeah, Look and then I you. flex my muscles to everyone around. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Were they chill. like, what is Chris doing? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, did you get it? What are you? Yeah, are you having a spasm? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> is everything okay? Are you, are you okay? Do you need some water? Yeah, you and I was hydrate? like, check out these. Uh, uh, Remember when you used to tell me to check out your guns all the time? Yeah. That was funny. And then I would <laughs> I would Didn't kiss I ha- my biceps and it would crack up Alex better because he was like the whole point is that you don't have to lean over to kiss them because they're so big. But I would I would go. Oh. <laughs> it's still weird and funny. <laughs> <laughs> still got it. She still got it, everyone. She still has to lean over to kiss a bicep. Uh, uh. I'm flexing right now. <laughs> that was a really lackluster uh, air horn. That I was think. sad. <laughs> it was really sad. <laughs> oh jeez! Remember when you played that uh, game about the pigeons in high school? Yeah. And it was awesome. What about it? I don't know. I just want to mention it. I had a full boyfriend. Check it out. It's a dating sim where you date pigeons. Oh my god, it's amazing. 